0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, and for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the Rutgers University School of Labor Studies and Mediation Center. I'm your old pal, Sanders.
1: I'm your good buddy, Liv.
0: And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 61. The sextuple overtime edition. Happy anniversary, Libby.
1: Yeah, happy anniversary. I thought we were gonna call this the asterisk edition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, man. So much, so much going on. We haven't talked, or maybe we did. Hold talk. Hold on.
1: Uh, I just, I just want to address this real quickly. Twice <laughs> in the past thirty seconds, you've cut out real quickly for like a millisecond. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like, just now, and when you were introducing, like, one word went out. I just want to make sure everything's cool.
0: Oh, um, oh, I got what you're saying here. You're doing a little quality control, because history dictates that we sometimes fuck this up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know we haven't fucked it up lately, but I just want to make sure there's, you know, since we're only like a minute in, that if there's a problem, we catch it now. As opposed to like 50 minutes in, you're like, fuck, we didn't record the whole thing. We haven't been recording for 40 minutes. Oh, that was, those days were terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we look to be okay. All we right. Look to, we look to be okay. Um, so we, we got a bunch of stuff. I, I don't think we've talked since the, uh, the NCAA dropped the hammer. Is that true?
1: Yeah, we talked, and then the next day they dropped that, Or two days later, I guess it was on a Friday, right? Or was it the Thursday? Um, whatever. It, was, it dropped after we, we recorded on Wednesday.
0: Just, yeah. and, at, and I was driving down uh, the good old uh, Garden State Parkway on, on whatever day that was, and I get CBS Sports um, Alerts. I got the CBS Sports app on my phone. And I only have it set to three teams. Syracuse University basketball, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Everton um, football club of the English Premier League. So I set it when a game is about to tip off, halftime or a final score, and, like, um, news alerts.
1: Yeah, so it's set when Syracuse is ready to get rammed up the ass.
0: Right, right. And I was driving down the street, and and uh, I happened to see an alert, but since I was driving, I didn't pay much attention to it. But I saw um, vacate. That was yeah. the only word that, that I saw. And then, like, right on cue, literally 30 seconds later, um, maybe Fat Pat sent out a group text and... Um, you had responded to it, but I couldn't find out what was going on.
1: Yep, I responded, and that's where it died. Oh, man. You should have been checking Twitter.
0: Well, um, I always forget to check Twitter for newsworthy. That's,
1: that's the only reason I really have Twitter, you know, is for all that type of stuff. Like, I got up and went I looked at Twitter and said how the sanctions were going to be, announced. I was, friggin noon eastern time or whatever so i was waiting for it you know okay i um it came out right away and i couldn't believe it
0: it came out it must have come out on a friday yeah it was because friday. Yeah. friday was um we had a little pizza party for my dad's birthday oh nice and um i came home everybody was here hootin' and hollering so there's like a circus going on three rings Kids are running around, dogs are barking, like, the whole deal. And all I'm trying to do is get in front of a sports center to find out what the sanctions are. And um, every time I go to watch it, somebody goes, oh, man, how about that, huh? Can you believe those sanctions? And I'm just like, I I just want to know what they are. Yeah. So what did they end up being? They ended. I, I still don't even. They know.
1: vacated basically what's going to amount to 108 wins. Okay. Three scholarships. I we're losing three scholarships a year for four years. So 12 okay. scholarships total for the basketball team, which probably in effect will actually start 2016-17. Yeah, we already committed to giving the scholarships for next year, which I think we're basically at that level. Uh, they'll start at 2016, 17. Uh, but I was reading something today actually about that. Cause we're recruiting one other guy, this guy, Thomas Bryant, who I guess is originally from Rochester and he's down to Syracuse, Kentucky and Indiana. Okay. Super hot shot player. But, uh, a Syracuse isn't even sure because the way it was worded, the, the sanction about not starting until 2016 or 17. If you've already given these scholarships, if the fact that he hasn't signed yet means that he can't come to Syracuse, you know, like it's worded awkwardly. Okay. So they're not even sure. Like the kid doesn't know Syracuse isn't sure what it means. So there's a story in the Syracuse.com I believe today about that. Of course, the other issue is we need to run somebody off the team if he's going to come anyway. Because once McCullough got hurt, it meant he wasn't leaving, which means we'd be over the scholarship limit regardless. Right, right. But it would be nice for him to somehow get there because we really would be damn good next year. Yeah. So, and, of course, the postseason ban. And we got to give him back a bunch of money from the Big East tournaments and, I guess maybe other you know, when we played with uh guys who uh were ineligible technically. So how far back
0: are they going?
1: Uh May two It's all the games it's not I think the sanctions start from the statute of limitations they decided was gonna be May two thousand three. So they picked out all the games since then in which ineligible players won the court for academic reasons or the guys who were getting money from that YMCA guy, you know. So they plucked through all those records and any games that were played with any of that stuff going on gets vacated. So, so that amounts to about 108 games.
0: Coincidentally slash luckily slash – by accident, that it starts a month after
1: Well, the National Championship. I actually That actually turns out to be by accident from what I was reading today, because Syracuse.com did an article about that today because all these people are like, Well, that's convenient right after they won the national championship. The shit that started in two thousand one apparently was the stuff involving the drug testing bullshit. Yeah, yeah but as far as ncaa was concerned nobody was ineligible from that point on and i i mean i might have misunderstood the story but it sounded like they might have been saying that doesn't make you ineligible based on the drug stuff because i mean my leap to conclusion is that the drug issue is not an ncaa issue Right,
0: because each school is allowed to make up their own drug policy, yes. you just need to enforce your own drug policy.
1: Yes. S- and each school doesn't even need we don't we shouldn't even have one. Right. I think. Right. <laughs> since you don't need one. Exactly. You know, and if anything stuff that was revealed afterwards, if that's not reason to fire Doc Gross <laughs> I don't know what his
0: Okay, yeah. So what? Uh, what's his culpability? In
1: Doc Gross was the one who basically, I guess he, in the report, he kind of was blamed for changing the whole protocol of the drug testing thing. And I think it rests on the fact, uh, on the fact that, uh, and I know this because I remember talking to Casey Powell when I was in school and asking him about the drug policy. The first time they catch you smoking pot, they call your parents. Apparently, Doc Gross was like, Yeah, we don't need to be calling people's parents anymore. You know? Okay. So he was responsible for, and I guess they're supposed to be held out of practice and all that shit. But Doc Gross was like, "Nah, we don't, we'll take care of this shit. You know? And then another thing was, Doc Gross was the one that called the meeting to see how they could get Fab Mello. Uh, eligible
0: before you know, he
1: called the meeting like what year was that you know a few years ago when Mello became academically uh, ineligible, uh, okay while
0: he was still enrolled okay okay
1: yes and what they did you know sir they didn't call it this but you know sir he says repeat delete you know
0: uh if you repeat the class
1: yeah, yeah even yeah. if you got it if you got a See in a class, you could repeat it if you want to pull your grade up to an A. Correct, right, okay. You know, and you replace it with that. Well, I guess he had got a, he passed the class, but not with a really good grade. So they were like, but they were like, if we repeat delete, you know, the professor will let him write a new paper for this class, and he'll, he'll grade it. You know, so friggin' uh, Doc Gross called a meeting, and the professor's like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. You know, if he wants to write a new paper. And then apparently it was the guy, the uh, as he was called, the director of basketball operations who was cited throughout the report. Him and like an assistant, basically a secretary or whatever, wrote the fucking paper. <laughs> I d- and that really drew a red flag with the ncaa because the reason was he was ineligible he missed a game and right away he was eligible again right so that raised a red flag to the ncaa it was like well that's fishy we should investigate <laughs> further because the investigation was already gone on into the old shit when that happened okay you know and then and then that happened and it was like wait what the hell's going on here you know so And and in Fadmello's defense, like he said at the time, that he has a problem with school because he really doesn't speak English. He just learned English. Right, he's from Brazil. (laughs) Yes. It would have been so much better had Mello decided to go to Louisville.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I just pulled up um, Dr. Daryl Gross's uh, Wikipedia page because I wanted to find out what year he became a D. So... A Pope's page, a couple of interesting things. Uh, 2004, 2005,
1: 2005. All right, 2005. then it was it was right after 2004 football season because <clears throat> he was hired on right at the time when we got blown out by Georgia Tech in that bowl game, and he gave Paul Pasquale like the vote of confidence, and they fired him in like the next week or something. Right.
0: Yeah. His um, this must eat away at him. One, it's got no sidebar. You know how like yeah, yeah, yeah. like a Wikipedia entry for an individual will have like a picture and a name and an age and a college. So he doesn't have one of those. He just has like a generic. Um,
1: surprised he didn't go make his own know,
0: 15 line um, Wikipedia entry. Okay, so this is a, that's right. It's essentially an entry by like a public entry and not like an official page in addition yes. it doesn't cite him as dr daryl gross and he loves to be dr daryl gross there are five lines about his Yep,
1: looking uh, at it right
0: now his resume he was uh he played football at ucal davis um he was a scout with pete carroll next paragraph um he worked at usc he was part of the um pete carroll um, administration and then he was hired as the ad in 2005 the remaining half of his entry must have just Gone up last week.
1: Yeah, it says last edited four days ago by Arbor to SJ,
0: and it says in 2015, and it essentially recounts the entire story that that you had just told. Yeah, um, which, I mean, is a it is a pretty pretty scathing indictment. Yeah, it's not only one of those things where it's on his watch, you know that 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 gets to be kind of bullshit after a while, yep. you know, like. There's only so much you can control. That's why you have a staff. You tell this guy to do it, and he's in charge of it. And if he fucks up, well, then, you know, there's some repercussions. But the repercussion can be, hey, guess what, guy? You're fired. Yeah. Doesn't always have to come back. The buck doesn't always have to stop with the top dog. But these are things that he essentially has his hands in directly.
1: Yep. I mean, situation like this, it does stop with him. You know, right. when he's arranging meetings to get a guy eligible, you know, I mean, that I show, one thing if that shit was arranged by Beheim, but the way I think about Beheim, doesn't even think about the academic side. He just wants to coach basketball. Right. You know? R- right. And
0: I mean, they can't be particularly close. Oh. Beheim and Gross. I'm
1: sure they're not. I ain't think about it. Breyheim's been there for as long as, I, he's been head coach for as long as I've been alive.
0: You know? <laughs> and he he was pretty close with Krautheim, right? I imagine. Yeah,
1: but I'm sure he was, because that guy was AD for like 30 years. Yeah, I
0: mean, they, they kind of grew up together. Maybe
1: not 30 years, but 25 years or so. He'd been there since, you know, at least 1980, probably 1979 or something, because he was there. When the Big East was formed, so I guess
0: the point that I'm trying to get to, or or kind of work through, is I've I've seen schools on a much lower level where the AD and the and the and the basketball coach are particularly close. Like um, Central Connecticut State back in the early 2000s had a particularly good run. They hired a uh, Calhoun assistant named Howie Dickenman. And um, Howie was a basketball player at Central Connecticut State, and he happened to play with the AD of Central Connecticut State, um, a guy named C.J. Jones. So not only um, were they particularly close, they were teammates and they had a long history. Yeah. In those particular instances, I don't even picture the AD going in and meddling to get the basketball coach something uh, you know, something that he needs that's not necessarily above board. And those are guys who are like buddies, they're thick as thieves. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I've seen yeah. enough instances where the A D has an opportunity to kind of go in and meddle for the good or the bad and and they don't I don't necessarily think it's in their nature as an A D, you know? I could see a coach wanting to fudge.
1: Yeah.
0: I could see a, basketball, a director of basketball operations wanting to fudge. But in this particular case, it doesn't even appear that that, you know, Bayheim's not trying to pull some strings, like you said. He just, want, he just wants to coach a basketball team.
1: Yep. Oh, I forgot one other aspect of the punishment. Bayheim's suspended for nine ACC games next year. Half the schedule. Bullshit. But, but I think I'm like a lot of people and and being really curious about seeing how Mike Hopkins does at at the helm, <laughs> which he will be for the nine, first nine ACC games next year. Interesting,
0: but the reason I think that's bullshit is not necessarily because they suspended Beheim. I mean, I think the whole thing sucks. But
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of heavy-handed and bullshit. But
0: why make a distinction – between non-conference games and ACC games if they're all NCAA sanctioned games that
1: yeah they should
0: all weigh the same
1: yeah well we know that's not that's the
0: particularly heavy-handed you know
1: yep yeah I mean he I Bayheim's gonna appeal so I don't know maybe maybe it won't be all nine games because I'm sure there'll be some lessening right right and the school's got to appeal but I think it's all kind of bullshit, because it's like, you know, friggin' a 100 little bullshit things that they hammered us on. All I want to see is, I guess they're reopening that investigation to UNC. If this is what we got for our shit, for our academic fraud, UNC's better be friggin' twice as bad. But I don't think it will be, because UNC... You know, I just don't think it will be
0: you know I mean in terms of what they've done to programs in the past SMU got the uh, got the death penalty back in the eighties um, because payers got uh, players got paid
1: well the reason they got the death penalty though is because they got punished and then they got caught cheating again after the punishment. You know?
0: Oh, they got.
1: Yeah, that's when they voted at the NCAA thing. Like, oh well, you know, you're getting the death penalty because because you're already on probation and y'all went back to doing the same shit. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Which they realize how fucked up that was, which is why no one's ever had it done again. Because Alabama football should have had it done to them like twice.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it's really the death penalty. Yeah, really, and I'll
1: never do it to. And that's why they did to SMU. They would have never done that to Texas. They would have never done that to a big-time program. Right. You know, but they'll never do it to anybody again because it was such horseshit.
0: But 20 years of academic fraud, man, at an institution of higher learning.
1: And everybody knew about it. That's the thing. Everybody knew about it. Because I guess, you know, even non-students were taking advantage of it. You know, I mean, non-student athletes were taking advantage of it. Right. You know, it's like they were literally inventing classes to give credit.
0: Didn't, didn't somebody come out, like a Rolando McCants or or, or something like that, uh, and kind of Rashad McCants. Rashad McCants. Did he come out and and like badmouth the athletic department or something? And
1: yeah, I, I, somebody came out and said something. But but it was My parents, but held up their investigation. From what I heard, because I thought they just said nothing with it. Because the NCAA is so incompetent. Apparently, they had a UNC alum, alum doing the investigation. <laughs> that's what uh, <laughs> that's what short-circuited that investigation. I'm sure. Well, just like they hired, because Emmert's a clown, so they hired Oliver Luck, gave him this new position to basically you know this newly created title just basically so he could be mark emmer right i'll keep a mark emmer on board he's hired and then the next day they announced that west virginia was put on probation for all kinds of shit. oliver luck was the ad at west virginia how the hell are they supposed to have any credibility when the guy they hired the next day the athletic department he's been overseeing for 10 years has gone on probation <laughs> <laughs> And that's why it's bullshit that Syracuse is getting punished the way it right. is. Because they have no credibility at all. And it's complete crap. And the reason they punished them is because they're trying to assert their power because they know they're becoming more and more and more feckless and meaningless and the schools don't need them. But they're trying to they're trying to hold their position, you know, and they're trying to be the big dog.
0: The, um, the season finale... Um... Or I guess it maybe wasn't the season finale. It maybe was the season finale. They played Saturday was the last game.
1: Yeah, I guess NC State. And unfortunately, fortunately, I didn't have to subject myself <laughs> to
0: that game. Uh, Beheim oh. ended up ended up opting out of the press conference or whatnot, and it actually kind of became a. Um, a bit of a sports talk radio story up here, because th- there's a big enough alumni base that...
1: He was in a no-win situation. He should have come out there, but then apparently it was coming out that the friggin' higher-ups told him not to go out there. And I'm sure the reason they told him not to go out there is because he couldn't say anything. Right. And the fear was that he would start friggin' saying, fuck those guys. Right. Which Because was- he would have had to say, no comment, no comment, no comment. You've seen Bayheim when he says no comment and he goes back and addresses this shit
0: right which is great which i yeah. always find so entertaining but the you know the 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 classic um, sports talk radio refrain was you know you've got a responsibility to go out there you know you've got a you've got a responsibility to talk to the media okay you don't want to talk about the sanctions that's fine um, but come out here and say um, I'm not here to talk about the sanctions. I'll talk about the sanctions next week. Um,
1: as if, uh, uh, yeah, but like as if they wouldn't sit there and keep asking. Exactly right. Exactly you know? right.
0: <laughs> it's uh, like it's a no win situation, and yes. um, luckily, luckily, luckily for me, because you know I, I have a vested interest in it. Um, most of the folks that were calling to pipe up were were telling um you know the host to to pipe down you know essentially what yeah. what's he supposed to do shut up it's a non story move on you know
1: yeah they always want to make something out of nothing yeah. these assholes and
0: and up here he, most of the time people jump on board you know yeah. just cuz they got nothing else better to do they're sitting at home on a saturday listening to sports talk radio um but uh, n- nobody yeah, I mean was if you're biting. sitting at
1: home on Saturday listening to sports talk radio, you gotta get a freaking life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean think about that. You're not in your car, it's a Saturday. Right, exactly. Who's sitting around the house listening to Sports Talk Radio on a Saturday? Get a freaking life. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll tell you what, man, speaking of getting a life, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I, uh, I we were talking we were talking before we hit the record button. Um I uh this joining uh Joining the working class again has really, really just knocked me out. That's why they called him the working man. <laughs> so I told you I'm working on that um, that NJIT project.
1: Yes, Jersey Tech, which yeah. has um, <laughs>
0: which has just kind of taken off. It's been like it's been nonstop since I got on board, and and um, the guy that I'm working with has um, has a bunch of other things he's in the middle of. And this thing just started up two weeks ago. So um, because of my background, uh, not only with um, NCAA, but uh, sports management, sports marketing in general, he's like, listen, you can just kind of step into this and you won't have any issue. And he, he's been right. Like, there's no problem, but... Everything is like we needed it yesterday or, hey, oh, geez, tomorrow morning we just found out we got to go do a video shoot. We don't have a staff. Can you go and, you know, scout the location, deal with the administration, you know, do all the logistics yeah. kind of stuff. So I have to, you know, kind of juggle a bunch of stuff and, and I'm, I'm teaching the, um, the athlete advisement um, program. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at night in Asbury, so I'm trekking back and yeah. forth. You know, just trying to to you know, you know, be in, in multiple places and and you know, create a, a schedule for myself that I've never really had to do before. Um, but in addition to that, a couple months ago, I, um, I I mean, I was so hard up. Like I wasn't getting any work. The few projects that I have had were kind of um, uh, on hiatus and they weren't ready to start back up again so the chick who walks my dogs um remember her she well you never met her but you would know of her because uh when we were at the usc game she had to come over and walk my dogs. yeah yeah because we ended yeah, up getting delayed um She works for some catering company. Now, this is what what she tells me. She tells me that she is the catering manager for a corporate catering company. (laughs) And uh, a while back, when I was still living in Asbury, and I was still, um, you know, uh, just trying to find work and and figure out what I was going to be doing, uh, she said, hey, listen, if you ever need any, you know, any work, we need you know, we, we need some help at the, you know, the catering company. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I kind of blew it off. I was like, well, whatever. I don't know anything about catering and, um, kind of lost touch and and really didn't talk about it. But it came, I came to the point where like, I literally had no money in my pocket, no disposable income. So I called her up and I was like, Hey, listen, um, you mentioned that, that catering thing. She's like, Oh yeah, come by this place. And you know, and, and um, I'll introduce you to, to the owner and whatever. So the catering company, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes around catering company. here. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's a pizza place. <laughs> 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 it's really what it is. It's a, it's a pizza restaurant attached to a bar.
1: Okay. Yeah, so so it really is a catering company. <laughs> um, but what they they call it cater now, delivering a pizza and mozzarella right, work, mozzarella. Right. Stuff. Personal right personal
0: catering. Yes. Um uh, so what they do is they um apparently this the 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 cook and he owns the restaurant part of the of the bar. Um, like, when he was a kid, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, he got hooked up with, with some doctor. A friend, he was, a you know, working at, like, whatever, a TGI Fridays or something. And he got hooked up with his doctor, told him he wanted to start his own restaurant, catering company, whatnot. So the doctor said, hey, listen, I get all these pharmaceutical reps that come into my office every week. And yeah. they bring lunch. I'm going to tell them. To call you, and you will—you have to cater the lunch, or they can't meet with me. So he's built this business, which is pretty—it's pretty interesting. The—the um, the dynamics of it. Um, but essentially, all these pharmaceutical reps um, meet various doctors in the area, and we bring the lunch ahead of time, or this company brings the lunch ahead of time. But I show up, and it's like I've never worked in food service i've never worked in a restaurant i've never delivered a pizza i've never uh you know i was a waiter one summer i served breakfast but it was a pretty high-end breakfast place this place is your typical like dump pizza joint i'm like oh (laughs) god wait a minute wait who aren't you gonna wash that knife (laughs) like i need a cutting board they're like there's one in the sink i'm like
1: what (laughs) So you got to be back there, like, putting stuff together? Well,
0: eventually, like, after a week or so, he's like, hey, you want a couple extra hours? And I was like, yes. (laughs) He's like, come on in, you know, you can help me make, like, whatever. And that's what he does. He's got a bunch of, like, it's a ragtag group of, like, miscreants and misfits, you know? But he Mm -hmm. loves me because, one, we're close to the same age, and, two, I don't fuck shit up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sometimes all it's, you know, like, you know, you know, I remember I worked, you know that I worked at my buddy Colin's pizza joint. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, and then like after the hurricane, uh, one of the guys that was there, I, he was managing the Papa John's up here and I went and delivered for him because, you know, it was like the only restaurant, the first restaurant opened up here for a while. Right. So it was lots of money to be made delivering pizza and stuff. And I wasn't doing anything, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, But sometimes it just takes being the guy with, you know, (laughs) with a slightly higher IQ. (laughs) I mean, and it can't get
0: any easier. Now, it gets a little, like, helter-skelter and confusing because, like, he's got no system in place. He gets text messages on a flip phone from the reps, and he's got literally, like, 50 pans of food going at once being cooked in pizza ovens and on the you know on the stovetop and whatnot and the system is you come in you you find out what your assignment is now this is where they could make things a little easier on themselves they could they could put up a sheet that says Matt you're going to this office and this is the number of people that you're getting but it's never like that. You got to be like, Hey, where am I going today? And you know, (laughs) he answers this question like 50 times. And so I find out where I'm going and then I look on the sheet and I find out how many people are the, is is, it the lunch is for? So it could be four people could be 25 people. So you grab the number that corresponds to your number on the dessert tray. So like it's in a tin and it's got like, Somebody with their fingernail writes 25. So there's 25 pieces of cake or whatever. So you grab that. Then you walk to the back, and you grab a salad. And then you walk outside, and in a shed is a bag with two bottles of soda and a bunch of cups. You look for the corresponding number, and you grab it. You put it in your car, and then you come back in, and you wait for two trays. You get two hot trays. Now, sometimes there's hummus... Sometimes there is a special order, maybe there's sandwiches, but generally speaking that's the pattern. It took me 13 seconds to figure out what the most efficient way for me to do this was. <laughs> and there are still people there who just don't get it. One chick um the other day left with <laughs> She
1: left without her food. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like leaving without like You know like The the side of parmesan cheese they requested Exactly You know leaving without the friggin primary thing The food <laughs> Yes And um What the hell did she have
0: with it She had the bags and the dessert
1: Oh okay But she left <laughs> without the
0: hot food And she apparently um, waits tables Like when the restaurant is open I think they do pretty good business. There's only like 10 tables in there, and he's got a pretty decent menu. It's like regulars come in, you know? Yeah. Um, but she waits tables. And she is um, – he says she does really good um, in the restaurant because everybody else was like, what the fuck? She left without the food. Two things, you, <laughs> two things you need to know, which you could probably have already guessed already. One, she is really hot. And two, she is really hot. <laughs> and that's about it. That's all she has going for. Her. Yeah, and yeah.
1: um, like sometimes that's, that's all you all. need going exactly. for. Exactly,
0: you. exactly. So she came back like she had left like a half an hour, um, prior, and she came back and and you know grabbed her food and like so she was like, oh, I got confused. I'm like, wow, <laughs> there's think? four trays, and she had an assistant. <laughs> she brought a friend along to help her. I got super confused. <laughs> in
1: between the two of them, they couldn't remember to grab the food.
0: Right. But it's uh, there's an old lady um, who, I don't, her husband goes with her, but he doesn't come in. She's like the point person. He sits out in the car, and we have to carry the food out to her car.
1: I mean, they must be doing pretty good business to have all these people employed. Yeah, yeah,
0: he does like, um, he probably does like 25 lunches. Uh, you know, twenty five offices a day, yeah. something like that. Damn,
1: that's pretty damn good. Yeah,
0: and um, you know, it's all corporate um, hospitality accounts, pharmaceuticals. They spend like, like it's nobody's business. But
1: now, what about your friend, the uh, catering <laughs> manager?
0: <laughs> she, she is in charge when he's not, when the when the owner chef is not there or his wife who does like a lot of the organization is not there. Okay. So it, technically she manages something at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's, um, you know, he gives you cash and he pay and he gives you mileage. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I t-
1: <laughs> how's he paid a mileage? What percent?
0: Uh, it's like 20 cents a mile. Oh, so okay. it's like, uh-huh. you know, half or whatever the the irs rate is but it covers
1: yeah, i mean the way we used to do it, it was it was a percentage of your sales
0: oh okay was the mileage, okay you know all
1: right and that could be really good sometimes you right. know especially if you, you got an efficient car you know yeah it's not so good if you want these guys i see these guys driving like big ass suvs and trucks and i'm like why are you driving something that gets such shitty mileage delivering pizza at some <laughs> point you probably lose the money right
0: Right. See, my car is is pretty good with gas mileage, and I'm super efficient.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I know, I know where I'm going, and he usually sends me back in a direction where I need to be.
1: Yeah.
0: So he's like, you know, he's like, where where else are you going today? And I'm like, uh, you know, I got a meeting in, you know, Lakewood. He's like, no problem. I got something for you, and I know where his. Where the hub of his business is, so I try to. the 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 shitty thing is, is I don't know if he need. It's not a set schedule, so like he texts every morning at oh, eight so o'clock. You're basically on call, essentially. But because I've I've been so um, reliable, I can essentially count on it every
1: day. Oh, like. Okay. You know,
0: I don't fuck up. He's,
1: there's other people that he might be able to text before you, but he texts you because he knows you're not going to fuck it exactly. up. I,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem is now I'm so busy that I could, it's only taken about two hours out of my morning, but it's taken out prime two hours. It's taken out 10 a.m. to I'm, noon.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's gotta be right around lunchtime, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so during that time, like that's when I probably would have taken like an hour to go for a run or walk the dogs or do shit like that. But you know, I'm doing these catering runs.
1: <laughs>
0: but one, it's it's extra money, and I could I could use it to kind of dig out of the hole I'm in. And two, the dude was super. Super helpful and super loyal, when, like he had no, he didn't know me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like he, you feel like you kind of owe him. But... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so,
0: um, so I'm just like every day I'm like two steps behind because I can't get up early enough. I can't stay up late enough. Like I need more hours in the day. I just am trying to find that groove of being a self employed project oriented business you know
1: yeah, yeah yeah
0: um to complicate matters or to um to further um, catapult me into the stratosphere of self-employed project work um i did my first half of my mediation training was this week it was sunday and monday oh nice. thanks Thanks. So I had, but I had no time cool. off between Saturday having a prep for the class and then spend all day Sunday and Monday. Like I'm just trying to catch a breather, you know. But um, it, yeah. it was. Um, see, I haven't gone to, to a class that I haven't taught. I haven't attended a class since law school. Yeah, like not it's, even a not even a continue education class, not even a seminar, like nothing. Yep and i'm not uh you know i i like to learn and i like structure but i was looking at the the syllabus beforehand and i was getting anxiety because it had like breakout sessions and group work and role play and <laughs> i just i hate
1: dressed up as a french maid <laughs> 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 role play <laughs> This mediation shit's getting a little kinky for my taste.
0: <laughs> How did you know? Have you taken it?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I was the uh, airline pilot, you know, and we had the flight attendant, and we decided to join the Mile High Club. It was a great mediation conference. Perfect. Great workshop. Great workshop. Um but
0: it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a real diverse group um half of which are lawyers and then the other half is a a smattering of um non-practicing attorneys uh educators of some degree uh and a bunch of law enforcement yeah well, no surprise that the most annoying motherfuckers in the entire thing are the attorneys. Of course. Because they don't let a minute go by without taking the opportunity to remind you that they are an attorney. Yeah. And mediation is not even quasi-legal by definition. Yeah, it's not binding. No. And the, the theories and the principles behind it aren't legal theories or legal principles. Yeah. But they want to let you know how many times as an attorney they had found themselves in a mediation and what was wrong with the process. That's all I love to do is point out what went wrong. Yeah. So... um the first day I tried to avoid those folks as much as possible. the second day um I came in and I kind of wanted to sit back where I was sitting the first time, but we went we switched into a different room and uh, I was just kind of off guard. It was a Sunday was easy because there was no traffic at eight o'clock in the morning. Monday was a little scarier because you're heading into like the heart of rush hour traffic at Rutgers University. It's like yeah. the, uh, the the hub of Central Jersey where all the highways come together. It's an absolute disaster. So I got there just in time, but there was only like a seat or two open, and it was next to an attorney <laughs> who was the most annoying guy because <laughs> um, I, I forgot my... Uh, name tag, because I was in such a rush in the morning on Monday. So I go up to the instructor and I said, "Hey, can I get another, um, you know, name tag?" He's like, "Yeah, there's the box over there." So I go back to my seat and I'm scribbling out a new name tag so I can put it on. And the guy goes, "Oh, you, uh, you put on a name tag, huh?" <laughs> and I'm like, y- "Yeah." And he goes, huh, "I figure if you don't know who I am, who I am by now." You're hopeless.
1: (laughs) Who the fuck was
0: he? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But now I'm like, oh, I'm sitting next to this motherfucker because he, uh, I'm going to be grouped with him. We're going to, we're going to be doing exercise and he's going to be my guy. I'm like, oh shit, this is going to suck. But to my right was this uh, older woman, um, probably maybe 10 years older than me. um, But like, Super friendly, super nice, super attractive—you um, know, for a fifty-something-year-old woman—and just pretty cool. And we had done an exercise yesterday, so I felt kind of comfortable um, sitting down with her. I knew that her small talk wasn't just mindless small talk banter; like, yeah. she she was a legitimate conversationalist. So that made me that put me at ease. But she had this guy next to her. Who she sat next to on the first day of class. And he looked like the nicest guy, like not quite grandfatherly, but like, I'd let that guy be my dad kind of dude, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: he had on like the classic, I wanna be that old, I wanna be that guy when I get old attire, you know, like the, like the L.L. Bean or Land's End, you know, heavy duty dock shoe, boat shoe. Yep. And like, um, like a, like a light corduroy pant and, uh, you know, a plaid shirt and, you know, hair kind of a muss and his glasses were on but he was looked like he was put together but he was totally disheveled kind of guy. Yeah, and yeah. And they're yeah. talking and um, during the course of the day he gets up and he's getting her coffee and I'm like, he's the nicest guy in the world. And then all of a sudden he's she's complaining about the chair and he's balling up her jacket and making a pillow for her. And I was like, Oh man, I'm going to tell this guy I'm uncomfortable. Maybe he'll, he'll ball up my jacket for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we break out into exercises or, or, um, I don't know. We got to do some type of group activity that I get, end up getting paired with them as well as the lawyer guy to my left. And yeah. it turns out, that these two know each other.
1: Well, I'd like to think so, considering all the <laughs> shit you're telling me. All
0: right. Well, obviously, <laughs> you, you've been in a lot more uh, professional uh, social settings than I have. So, so you... I mean, because
1: that seems really
0: <laughs> odd if, you know. Well, I, I couldn't connect it because she was a little older, but he was even older than her.
1: Yeah. And... But, I mean, they must have some relationship. <laughs> well, I just... I just
0: thought that they connected yesterday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, this is a love connection right here. So it turns out. I like how you think they just connected. You were hoping to take advantage of it, too. My right. neck's <laughs> <laughs> a little sore. <laughs> uh, so it
0: turns um- out that they worked together at the Department of Justice Um, for like 20 years, he was a uh, lead prosecutor. She was a forensic accountant and they worked on tons of white collar crime together. So that's how I figured they knew each other. Then we kind of get into a conversation during the course of exercise Uh, During the course of the exercise, it's not even, like, shooting the shit. Like, this is just coming out naturally as we're, you know, sifting through stuff. This dude is um, an assistant dean at the Rutgers Law School. Ah. And, um, like, that's his second career. And what they've decided to do is... And now she works for the FBI. They both retired from, from DOJ and, and, and now have second careers that they're getting ready to either quit or retire from. And um, they are going to start a mediation practice, like, a, like okay. a private mediation practice together. And she already does mediation in the workplace for the FBI. So, so during the exercises, I'm with uh, assistant dean of a law school. And a professional mediator slash interrogator. Yeah. Um. So, like, it was super helpful. Like, their... And they were the type of personalities that their feedback was, like, not only legitimate, but delivered in a way that was constructive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I, I like to think I can take criticism, but one, I don't like tough love. I'm not very good with tough love. Yeah, and two, um, my first instinct is to be defensive when it comes to you know kind of breaking down criticism, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know they kind of did it where I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's legit." You know they they had it they had it all working for them. So um, it ended up being like a really awesome experience and totally productive because, um. At some point during the um, during one of the the uh, reviews, he you know they were kind of going around and saying, okay, you know we did um, sample or 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 um, what's it called? Not sample introductions. What's it called when you fake something? Mock mock introduction. So you had to introduce a mediation process, and now we were kind of like stepping through each of the elements. So, um, we did a mock introduction, and so I did mine, and they were like, Man, I'll tell you what, that was, they were like, You're right on. You know, that's great. You did this perfectly. Here's what I would change. Don't do this because, you know, this does that, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, All right, that's kind of cool. And so we started going around the room, kind of talking about our experiences with, with this particular exercise, and, um, Somebody had said, like, as a mediation participant, uh, they're like, "This is an intimidating process." You know, if you, you know, if you're a participant, um, you know, you don't know anything about the law, you don't know anything about mediation, blah blah blah. And I followed that up with, "Well, also, one of the things to consider is that it could be a little intimidating as the mediator." And I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "I'm in this mediation." Over a legal dispute, and in my group is a lawyer, a law school dean, and a, uh, a and a forensic accountant, professional mediator. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know, I'm kind of going through my head. And I'm I'm like, you know, where where do I fit in? And we kind of get in this discussion. Um, and I had dropped a point. Something along the lines of, like, I go, I have a, a, enough of an identity crisis as it is as a non-practicing attorney. How much should I rely on my legal education in these experiences? Because being an attorney is, is not a prerequisite for being a mediator.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Because so, I've dealt in workers' compensation courts, they have mediators. I know they're not attorneys. Yeah,
0: and you know. um, the mediator is like, that's a really... Yeah, it's- What's that?
1: They're way too casual to be attorneys.
0: <laughs> and and the, the the instructor was like, That's something you're gonna have to you know, you're gonna have to become comfortable with because your point and he's kinda addressing everybody now as like, you know, I kind of brought up a good a good subject matter that we went off on a little tangent on and you know, he kinda gives his his instruction on the matter, how to be a mediator, how to be comfortable in your own skin essentially. And yeah. and I threw out the you know the non-practicing attorney uh, identity crisis only as a point of reference, you know, because whether I practice or not, I'm still as much of a douchebag as any other attorney. I want people to know I went <laughs> to law school, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, afterwards, we take a bathroom break, and the and the and the dean uh, catches me in the hallway, and he's like, "Hey, listen," he's like you know, don't have an identity crisis. And he gives me this very fatherly type of talk, you know, more of a talk than I needed. Cause I'm totally, uh, you know, I, I'm totally, I've totally come to grips with, you know, who I am professionally and how I got here
1: and do it, it, it was by. So now you're regretting the idea that you thought that you would take him as your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, I, He's gone He's getting a little big for his princess I
0: said, but before you leave, do you mind giving me that massage? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that that's it, man. That's um. It's been a whirlwind couple uh, couple weeks, but uh, so uh, everything's coming up roses, man.
1: Well, that's good, man. Um. Well, it's been a busy week for me too, but not that busy. <laughs> Uh, back to our issue with Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. There is one little bit more bit of ignominy we must deal with. All right, what do we got? You know, there was a Mascots basketball game at halftime of Louisville UNC today. Well, guess what Mascot wasn't at the Mascots basketball game? Otto the Orange. Yes, since Syracuse isn't in the postseason ACC tourney, Otto was left out of the, <laughs> out of the bat, the, the ACC mascot basketball game. They
0: banned the orange. <laughs> they banned the fucking orange.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How
1: petty is that? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's probably because Syracuse just never sent anybody there.
0: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: uh, it's good stuff though. Um,
0: Well, how many mascots play? Because how many teams are in the ACC? I
1: think there's 15 basketball teams, I think. Oh, okay. So There's 14 out there, I guess. I think that's what it said. I think that's the number they're at now. Yeah, because there's 14 for football, and then they got Notre Dame for basketball.
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to say, who doesn't play football, but Notre Dame plays football independent? Um, I don't even know what's going on. Who? I, maybe I heard Duke was winning. What? Are,
1: I know. I know UNC beat Louisville today. I'm not paying attention. to All this shit. You
0: know. Oh, but speaking of March Madness, I've had a, uh, uh I've had a little movement on the annual Desantis uh, March Madness uh, Final Four bracket tournament pool.
1: Oh, you found people interested. Well, you. Uh,
0: you know, I was having kind of a crisis of faith with it. What to do with it? Um, yes. And uh, I don't. I forget whenever I put this this episode out. It took me a couple of days to kind of get it up. But uh, like an hour after I put it up, I got a text from my brother, uh, Josh. Said, "Hey, listen. I just just listened to the latest episode, um, and uh, I re- I'm putting in an official request that huh. the Uh, annual DeSantis uh, Final Four March Madness Bracket Pool tournament goes back to its roots and not only scales back, but scales all the way back to Mm -hmm. an almost almost, uh, original member participation only.
1: Oh, damn. Yeah,
0: so uh, the original participants were, it was a six-person pool. That was uh, myself, my mom, my dad, my brothers, Ange, and maybe my sister got in it. And I said, specifically said, well, let me see here. I'm going to see if I can find the, the text. Um... He said, okay, I'm all caught up on my podcast. I have somewhat of a suggestion. If you don't want to hear it, it's too bad because you've already started reading. Since the self-imposed post-season ban that our beloved Orange put on themselves, I had planned to self-impose a postseason bracket ban on myself. After listening to your podcast, I appreciate that the thought also crossed your mind. However, you almost talked me back into participating, which leads to my suggestion. By no means am I trying to strong-arm you as the commissioner of our bracket, but if you would consider this year scaling back the field to our immediate family circa 2006, I would almost be guaranteed to get in. Hashtag free NJIT. (laughs) My response was, uh, ha 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 ha, which is how I respond to almost most texts. Um, I had a similar thought myself, but what about guys like Liv and BP, who really like the pool? It's like Solomon's baby, where do you draw the line? Yes. He said, I was ready to cut my in-laws out at the knees from participating, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Said, ha 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 ha
1: (laughs) ha. Nothing like hearing a transcript of text messages
0: <laughs> uh i said ha, ha 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 good point i forgot about bruce okay let me think about it and as always thanks for downloading the two sorry excuses podcast your old pal sanders um <laughs> bruce is his father-in-law who puts in three pools the maximum you can put in is three he puts in three pools every yes, year and
1: he's cutting
0: bruce out. yeah so uh uh I I don't know. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna make a decision relatively soon because the selection Sunday is Sunday, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The selection Sunday is Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I
0: think I'm gonna go for a little bit of a
1: selection Sunday is always on Sunday.
0: <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for a little wider berth than uh, than he is requesting, uh, but okay. but definitely uh, uh, definitely narrow down the field to something a little more. Uh, a little more personal. Um,
1: that's fine. I mean, I'll have to just deal with Sean Reardon and all his friggin' degenerate gambling well, buddies.
0: Well, I, I was going to make it wide enough um, for you and BP. That was...
1: Uh, uh, fine. That's where I was... That's, that works for That's me. where I was going to include. So... I'll still play with Sean Reardon and all his degenerate gambling buddies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but this isn't... I, I don't know why this year is having such an effect. I mean, maybe because we know we're out. Um, 2008, was that the year we missed the tournament?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah,
0: so that's a little different. That that sucked. Um, we also, in our Syracuse lifetime, maybe it was just, just before you, but we also were banned in 1993.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. So, yeah. I, I don't know why this one has such an effect on me,
0: you know, in terms of, like, spoiling the the, the March Madness experience, but um, I think this is just so much harsher. Well, there's
1: such a cloud around it, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, That's what I'm thinking. This Sunday is the St. Paddy's Day in front of my mom's house, so I'll be out there, and, of course, it's Selection Sunday, and LSU's going to make the tournament, but assholes will be asking, what about Syracuse? Because <laughs> that's what I was... That's why i was sick of talking about because last week, you know, I had a fancy baseball tournament. People people like, "Oh, what about circus?" I'm like, I'm so sick of talking about this shit,
0: you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> because you got to explain it to other people and tell them it's bullshit, right? <laughs> you know. What
0: are you gonna do? Uh, um.
1: Here's uh. I do want to address this. I got uh Saturday. I started getting emails back and forth with Fredo, uh, <laughs> his initial inquiry being, he was apparently traveling through, traveling through Argentina and Chile, Chile, and uh, his inquiry was, why can't he be in the parade that on the float that we're doing, you know, which isn't a float, of course, right. but you remember the conversation <laughs> several weeks ago? Uh, I, You know, I responded, I was like, there's no reason you couldn't be in it. And, you know, of course, he's like, well, there was something you were saying that alluded to me not being able to be in it. Right. I'm like, dude, I have no clue what the hell he
0: said. Now, I not only do I have to listen to the podcasts to edit them, I also do listen to them when they're done. Um, I do remember we said something about Fredo, and my response was, you're... Your position was he couldn't do something. My response was why? Because he doesn't have a passport. And he said no, he's got a passport. And <laughs> then we went on to say what the dilemma was, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, he's like,
1: he's like, I shouldn't expect you to remember. He's like me listening to weeks later and expecting you to remember what you were talking about. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know what we said, but you're definitely invited for him. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it, and he'll come here, and I'll realize, this is why I didn't want Fredo. (laughs) (laughs) He always does this shit. 20 years later, he hasn't changed one bit. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I can think of anything that Fredo really does to piss me off forever. Right. (laughs) I mean, he might have written on my face and marker while I was passing out drunk, but I did that to Fredo before. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the hell could have been holding me back from from not wanting Fredo in the fold. But Fredo, if you listen to this, you know, book your ticket now. You know. You might not have a parade to march in next year because we're kind of slackers on that type of stuff. Well speaking of but you'll be able to drink with me.
0: Speaking of being slackers, I was just thinking about our bus trip. Um, yes, exactly. We, we got a little. Remember, like, we got a little, ago, little work to do.
1: Like, yeah, we're gonna do that now. You really gotta get ahead on that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're like, you know, six months out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded so far into the future. Fifteen months ago. All
0: right. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some work on that this week. And if I don't have definitive answers or at least some type of blueprint next week we'll put it to rest but okay um but um,
1: well, we still gotta make it up there anyway yeah
0: no doubt no doubt
1: yeah
0: um what else you got
1: uh i do want to note last week i this was the thing i meant to mention i went and saw whiplash i think on monday night last oh week. yeah yeah which was phenomenal, and you saw it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I fuck it. The movie's already been nominated. You know, he's already won the Oscar and everything. You can watch the movie. I'm not giving a spoiler. But at the very friggin' end, when they show where he's finally, he finally got what he wanted out of the kid, and they'll show you his face, but they really won't. You know, he's smiling, but they won't show you the actual smile. Right. I thought that was great. Yeah that that
0: ending <laughs> to that movie. Was. I thought it was phenomenal. It, the ending. it was unbelievable. I'll tell you what, it was. It was like almost sixth sense kind of ending. Like I was like, no way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he lulls you. The scene in the cafe, he just lulls you into like, oh man, he was just really all about, you know, helping. He yeah, just had a yeah. way about him that, you know, that, like, he thought he needed to do that. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, you know, which is what you'd expect. It's a, that's the typical Hollywood, you know, kind of story, you know, a badass with a mission yeah. and, you know, he only has one speed, but the way that ending just kind of flipped that was, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, crazy.
1: the reality is he is a prick, yeah. but he knows, you know, yeah. Him being a prick is what makes people great. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. He's like the Vince Lombardi of music teachers.
0: Phenomenal man, and and you know, now that I keep thinking about him as an actor, what what an underrated actor. Uh, honestly, yeah. honestly, I had no. Uh, of course, I had an idea, but I never made the connection
1: that oh, other all roles those other that roles that he like. played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's great, man. He was good in Burn After Reading. You ever see that? Um, no, uh, I did see
0: that, but I hated that. That was the Brad
1: Pitt. Well, what I loved about it, you know, he's like the guy in charge of everything, and at the end, after they see how they fucked up all these people's lives, it's like, well, we'll just put that away. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so dismissive, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I'll
0: have to watch that movie again because it should have been way better than I thought it was.
1: Yeah, maybe you just want a good frame of mind. Yeah,
0: probably not.
1: I mean I, I thought it was hilarious the whole thing where it's like this top secret thing he's building and you know you think it's gonna be some kind of cloak and dagger type of thing and it's a fucking machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh God. And I and Sunday I went and saw American Sniper. Oh, finally. Yeah, yeah, I had to go see it. But that thing was definitely like, uh, you know, that that was a good movie.
0: It was moving, right? Like it.
1: it yes, it was definitely like tear beat. You know, man, tear. Yeah, B.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm still. This is the same conversation um, that I had walking out of the the theater with my dad. I said, I gotta go home and watch Hurt Locker because I'm still pretty sure. Hurt Locker's better. Yeah, and going into it knowing that that I came out of that, um, what you have any you have any inkling to to go watch any desire to go watch Hurt Locker again?
1: I mean, I I do need to watch it, but um, I guess now that I'm starting to discover Netflix again, I guess I can go find that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. I watched it again. You know
1: the one thing that bothered me about the movie. What? You know, one part that I just thought that they just kind of left there and should have done more with, when he when he crosses paths with his brother.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And his brother's obviously miserable, you know, but it's like they never address that again. Right. Like, I, I don't know that much about the personal details, because what the movie's really about, as far as I was concerned, it's about post-traumatic stress you know yeah yeah, yeah. it's about ptsd you know because that's like the whole movie it's him coming back and forth you know from different tours and every time he's back he's all fucked up right everything he sees like he sees like a minivan that reminds him of the minivan that the friggin insurgents were you know cruising around in you know everything is about that you know so i mean i what I wanna know is did his brother must have had some kind of PTSD because according to the movie, you know, as much as he was a rah guy want to join, he was apparently ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he
0: was really fucked up when he when yeah. you you know, when you encounter him again in uh wherever they were, Afghanistan or, or
1: Yeah, like... wherever they were. You know, the air base that they were at. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that um it, that movie kept my attention the entire time, kept me engaged like yep. You know, high low, you're kind of following him. It's so frustrating when he would come home and he's sitting in front of the TV, but the TV's not on. You yeah. know, and I kind of yep. like you're you kind of going through it with him.
1: Uh, yeah, cuz you don't know that the TV's not on when they show. Right. Cuz he's sitting there looking like he's intently watching the television and the Camera pans around and it's a blank screen. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it was a very, very well done movie. Uh, I did like, you know, how you know when he finally comes home for good. You know when he's out there ready to friggin' basically kill his dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, he gets into the VA and they're like, "You just need to friggin' do something." Yeah, you know, and that's when he gets involved, which unfortunately is what led to him getting killed. Yeah. You know, helping veterans out. You know,
0: we've um we talked about him before, and and um, he Bradley he Cooper. just keeps getting better and better.
1: Yeah, he was he was awesome, at it, you know. But the thing is, like I remember hearing about Chris Kyle originally because, you know, he also had some kind of I guess it was in I think it was even that book where he claimed he was sniping off the Superdome during Katrina. You know, okay. which you know people are pretty sure that's bullshit because some of that evidence would have popped up. Right, you know? right but uh but I mean I don't know as far as whatever he seems like he must have been actually a pretty decent dude and if he wasn't freaking Bradley cooper does a really good job of making him seem like a decent dude yeah you yeah. know
0: um
1: you know what I'm reading now
0: is um the novel uh silverlining's playbook oh okay now I'm not sure I'm not Sure, because my um, chick flick meter is way off because I, I I can't discriminate. You know, like I own Felicity. That should
1: tell you enough, right? Felicity, I've never seen one episode <laughs> of Felicity. In my life. All I know about Felicity is that people get pissed when she cut her hair. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: um, so I don't know if Silver Linings Playbook is a is like. Uh, a chick flick disguised as a guy movie because they talk about football or whatnot.
1: I don't think of it as a chick okay. flick. Okay, really. all right, good because
0: the novel definitely is not. De- yeah. Definitely, it, it's not uh, like a geared towards females.
1: I actually went to see Silver Line's Playbook with my mother, and like you know, she was really broken up by that movie. You know, yeah, I think I watched similarities like in our family and. Other people we know within our family that have depression issues and same type of shit that Bradley Cooper's character deals with in that movie, you know? Well, I'll
0: tell you what, man. It's the first book that I've read that um, doesn't live up to the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. The Those two. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper and um, what's her name?
1: Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Jay Laws would do it.
0: such a good job of being interesting, mentally ill characters. Yeah, like, and there's no question that they're mentally ill. They're not just a couple people suffering from depression. They've got, you know, yeah, they're clear up. neuroses. But the yeah. book, um, it really, it overdoes it. Issues. What's that? What about the book? book? I'm sorry. That's okay. The book really overdoes it. like, Or maybe it doesn't overdo it, but it's a much, much more um, vivid picture of mental illness. Way more severe. And um, it's like you don't connect with the character. Because everybody's... I mean, uh, we've never been in a mental institution. And, and, you know, you've probably not been... uh, Zombied out on Klonopin, but uh, everybody's gone through a rough patch and, you know, gone through some depression and, you know, had relationship problems or, you know, whatever. So there's you can connect on it on that level. And you're like, okay, I'm not crazy like this, dude, but I know what it feels like to, you know, to, you know, to try to be a better person or be a better version of myself or, you know, have a goal or try to work out or whatever it is the book it makes no you can't make a connection you can't sympathize with the character like you sympathize with the character but you don't empathize with the character you're like man this this guy's a real sucker you know he's a real sap poor dude you know he's got some serious problems and um i think half the movie is is jennifer lawrence i think she's super funny and like real witty obviously she won an oscar you know she did a really good job That character's not in the book. It's in the book, but I'm halfway through the book, and she's only shown up twice. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. So that
0: it's the first time that that's happened. (laughs) Like that, I've read a book that uh, the movie was better than. You know, that's that old adage. You know, the book's always better than the movie.
1: Yep, yep. It's true.
0: So, but that was the first time. Not always. Yeah, not always true. But the first time I came across, I
1: think I I know they got other. I just can't think of them right now, but I know they have other uh, movies like that where the movie was better than the book, you know? Now,
0: there's sometimes... But
1: usually it's not the way it works. Like,
0: sometimes uh, I've come across movies that are just as good, like To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty classic movie, and the book is is obviously, a, you know, a, a classic. But, um, yeah, if you come across the uh, Silver Linings Playbook novel, don't bother yeah don't
1: fuck it fuck it good because i'm not much of a reader anyway so i'm not gonna waste my time (laughs) pretending to read that book (laughs) Uh,
0: all right man what do you say uh what do you say we yeah i mean we can wrap it up here yeah yeah um all right good stuff man very good stuff um whatever you got on tap we'll finish up next week and uh we'll be in the middle of march madness um, yeah,
1: all I would have said was how I was excited for the new shoes I got today I still get excited over new shoes But <laughs> we've gone so long, I don't need to uh, run over that <laughs> You know, that was going to be filler if we needed it <laughs> Well, um, I'll
0: tell you what, break them in yeah. And uh, then you'll, you'll have a whole week with them And then we can really dissect it uh, We can really break it down next week
1: all right. Perfect. <laughs> I think I'll have moved on from the shoes by that point.
0: <laughs> All right, then. With apologies to Kirk's brother. Oh, All we'll right. S- Good night, Fredo. We'll see you in Liv's new shoes next week.